Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Good evening. Welcome to a beautiful Monday evening to our daily broadcast, Understanding the Goodness of God. My name is Chooks Ogoye. And uh, I am delighted to host uh, this masterclass once again. Tonight is episode number 990. We have been sharing on the goodness of God. Tonight we want to explore a quality of the goodness of God that um, I see in the scriptures. You see, the God we serve is an infinite God. The Bible speaks of his mercies being infinite. The Bible speaks of his love being infinite. And I also want to uh, put it on the table tonight that his goodness is infinite. Meaning that his goodness is boundless. His goodness is limitless. There is no upper boundary to his goodness. There is, there is, um, there is nothing uh, God cannot do to show his goodness in our lives. He, he can do anything. To, to manifest his goodness and extend his goodness. Well, I, I want to take you to the auditorium where I did this teaching on the infinite goodness of God. I'm going to come back um, and we're going to wrap up for tonight. I want you to pay attention and let the Lord bless you in a very special way tonight. The infinite goodness of God. Watch with me. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. In other words, after I understood that you were born again. So, this is a prayer for believers. Can I get an amen? He said, after I understood that you were born again, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he is the what? The Father of glory, meaning he is the source of glory. I've explained it to us. The glory of God is the goodness of God. Amen. Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 when Moses asked the Lord, show me your glory, God showed him his goodness. So when you see the father of glory is the father of goodness. Hallelujah. He is what? The father of goodness. He is the source of goodness. He is the, the, the channel that pours out goodness continuously. So there's something about the goodness of God in this prayer that Paul is praying for these guys. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of him that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened this is coming from the father of glory the father of goodness so whatever it is paul is praying here has to deal with these people coming to an understanding of something about the goodness of god about the glory of god can i get an amen so the father of glory let him give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so there is certain knowledge of god that is not available to normal sense reasoning it requires a revelation so it's not something that your head gets it's something that your heart needs to get i need you to follow me this morning paul is saying it i i don't want your head to just have it i need your heart to get it so what he's praying here has to deal with something about the goodness of god that my heart gets it not just my head because for everybody here your head understands it that god is good hello your head understands it your head gets it god is good but that statement god is good needs to sink into your heart and there's a reason why you'll understand it just now he says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened when the eyes of your understanding is enlightened it means you understand it deep you see it you see it in your heart it's not in your head you see it in your heart paul was praying this prayer for them that the eyes of understanding may be enlightened and this is what i want to achieve in you that number one you may know what is the hope of his calling in your life you may know why he called you what he called you for hallelujah there's a call on every one of us amen he called you you answered and got saved but he's calling you to something so when i'm here and i call somebody there and i say come i'm asking you to move from that position where you are to come and meet me where i am hallelujah so when i call you and say come to me there's a hope behind that call which is to get to this position so assuming that this position this position is a position of treasure or a position of authority or a position of blessing or whatever it is the hope of the calling is that you come into this position that's why i called you now paul is saying i want you to have revelation an enlightenment in your understanding to know what that hope is so that you know what you are aiming for you know what you are going towards it's something that needs to happen on your inside stay with me number two what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I'm not dealing with that today, so let me not unpack it. Number three. And what is the exceeding greatness? Somebody say exceeding. Greatness. Of his power toward us who believe. Exceeding greatness suggests to me greatness that has no limits. Are you here? Greatness that has no limits. Exceeding greatness. Meaning infinite greatness. So I want you to know what the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And look at the next one. And every name that is named. Every name that is what? So meaning anything that has a name. Everything that has a name. Anything that exists. Not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Hmm. There's a whole lot in this text. I want to explain to you the concept of infinity. The concept of infinity. Infinity is a mathematical term. It's an imaginary term in mathematics. It means a number <laughs> that is greater or larger than any, any real or natural number. In other words, if you can count any number, infinity is higher than it. So you never arrive at infinity. Amen. So if you count quadrillion, infinity is higher than it. You cannot quantify it. So infinity speaks of boundlessness. Infinity speaks of without limitations. Endless. Unlimited. So when the Bible speaks of the infinite goodness of God. We are talking about goodness that does not have an upper limit. In fact, another way to put it is ever increasing goodness. Hallelujah. Somebody say ever increasing. That's infinity. Ever increasing. So, you can't put it in a container. It will bust the container. You can't put it in a cage. It will bust the cage. It doesn't matter how big the cage is. That's the concept of God. God is infinite. And his nature of infiniteness is imprinted in everything that he created. That is why even today, the people who study astronomy 
and space science tell us that the universe is still growing and expanding at the speed of light. That's mind-boggling. The universe is still expanding as we speak. Since the creation of the world, it's still expanding at the speed of light. What I just said is a, a, a verifiable scientific fact. At the speed of light, it's still going as we speak. Because when God said, let there be light, that statement took his nature. Remember, he is his word. Amen. In the beginning was the word, and the word was, and the word was God. So when he spoke the word, the word is, him, is himself. So the word takes on his nature. So when he said, let there be light, boom, light started growing infinitely. That is why till now it's still on. It's still growing. They can't catch up. That's the nature of the God that you serve. I came this morning to explain something to you. You need to get it. His goodness towards you has taken the nature of infinite. I said it last Sunday. Let me say it again this morning. It doesn't matter how much you want to exaggerate the goodness of God in your life. God is still better than your exaggeration. It doesn't matter how a ostentatious your exaggeration is. The goodness of God is bigger and greater than that. The implications are huge. That's why Paul prayed this prayer. That the father of glory, the father of goodness will cause your heart to get it. Because when your heart gets it, everything about your life changes. Listen. I explained this sometime in the course of this series. Let me walk it again. Man fell in the garden when the enemy convinced him that God is not good. Satan convinced him that God is not good. How do I know he believed it? Because he acted on what the enemy suggested. He suggested that God was keeping something away from him. That God was cheating him. That God was undercutting him. Say, don't mind him. He, he knows that the day you eat of this fruit, you will become like him. Don't mind him. He's trying to keep something away from you. You know, for those of us who are married, it, there's a sense of, of betrayal that you find if your spouse is keeping something away from you. Amen. You feel betrayed. You feel it. So can you imagine when someone you trust holds away from you information that is vital? That's what the enemy suggested to Adam. God is withholding something from you. God is not good. When Adam believed it, he acted on it. And how did he act on it? He decided to take that fruit and eat it. Listen, listen. That action 
of taking the fruit to eat it reinforced what he believed and established it. Now I want to say something here. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Meaning, if I believe for something and I don't act on it, it doesn't get established. If I believe for something and I don't act towards it, it doesn't get established. It's my action that establishes my faith. Adam's action to eat that fruit established his faith in the negative. His faith that God is not good. And that seed sunk deep in his subconscious mind. And his nature was altered. His nature was what? Altered. That's what we call the fall. His nature was altered because he believed that God is not good. He acted on it. I'm saying something to somebody this morning. I don't know what you're believing for. If you don't act on it, you don't believe. This is the reason why a temptation is not established until you act on it. Amen. A temptation is not established until what? You act on it. So Satan is pushing you, sleep with him or sleep with her or do this one. If you don't act on it, it doesn't get established. It is your acting on it that establishes it. It's something positive or negative. If the spirit of God is moving you to do something and you don't act on it, it doesn't get established. So somebody needs to act on the business idea. Then it will get established. Somebody needs to move contrary to what everybody is saying. Then it gets established. So if you don't act on it, it doesn't get established. It is your acting on it that gets it established. Can I move on? So... Adam acted on it and it got established in his nature. Please listen to this. This is so important. Everything changed. Everything changed by reason of what he believed about God. See, when he believed that God was good before he ate the fruit, the whole garden was good. The whole garden was beautiful. There was wealth. There was actually, there wasn't just wealth. There was opulence in the garden. He enjoyed them. There was dominion for him. All animals, all created things responded to him. Life was good because he believed God was good. The moment he believed that God was not good, life shifted. Life was not good anymore. The land, the ground rebelled against him. Animals rebelled against him. He was driven out of the garden, a place of beauty. By the way, Eden means delight. That's why this place is Eden. Amen. Eden means delight. It was a place of delight, a place of pleasure. He was kicked out of Eden because his fundamental belief about God changed. Please hear this. Everything going forward from that moment comes from that belief that God is not good. Everything. The whole universe, the way it is now, please hear what I'm about to say. The way the whole earth functions, the economic system, the social system, the cultures of men is premised on the simple fact that God is not good. So everything is functioning the way society is organized, the way commerce is organized, the way money flows, the way everything functions is based.
based on that fact that God is not good. Adam accepted it. So we have a broken world because of what Adam believed. So everything is broken. God stepped in through Jesus to represent his true nature so that people can believe and change what it is on their inside that is causing the brokenness. Please understand this. There's brokenness in the world because there's brokenness in what we believe about God. There's twistedness in the world because there's twistedness in what we believe about God. It's a deep subconscious thing. Remember that after Adam fell, he began to give birth to children. The Bible tells us that he gave birth to children after his own likeness. Not after the likeness of God. After his own likeness. After the likeness of, of the fallen nature. So the whole of humanity started coming out and unfolding based on that faulty picture. So we are all born with a faulty picture, hardwired. You know what they call a hardwire? It's a computer term. You know, the difference between a calculator and a computer is that a calculator is hardwired. It's hardwired to perform certain functions. A calculator is a computer, yes. But it's hardwired. It can only perform the functions that are keyed in on the on inside and you control them with the, with the keyboard on the calculator. Unlike a computer that you can write a program and it delivers what the program says, whatever it is. So a, 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 a calculator is hardwired to function that way. It doesn't matter where you take that calculator, you will perform exactly as it has been hardwired. Humanity has been hardwired to believe that God is not good. So everything that flows out, the systems of culture, the systems of commerce, everything that flows out comes out from that root that God is not good. And that's why the world is broken. Meaning that if we're going to fix the world, we need to fix what we believe about God. Amen. We need to go back. That's why Paul was praying this prayer. Because it's not something in the head. It's something at the core of who we are. Because we all were born hardwired to believe that God is not good. I'm going to prove it to you. We, we were all born like that. So now, Paul was praying the prayer and saying, God, open their eyes to see it. How infinitely good you are from the core. Because when they do, everything changes in their world. In other words, if I can get to change the picture of God that you have, I change your world. I change your finances. I change your economics. I change everything about you. Listen. When did we register fear in humanity? Before the fall or after the fall? Come on, church. After the fall. So, fear was nothing but a manifestation of a twisted image of God. Hello? Fear is what? A manifestation of a twisted image of God. Isn't it that babies are born with fear? Right or wrong? Babies are born with fear. I'm just proving to you that we are hardwired with a wrong image of God. 
Because the first time fear showed up in the garden, it showed up as a response or as a manifestation of the wrong thing Adam believed. The moment God was looking for him, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where He says, I am hiding. Why are you hiding? I'm afraid. Huh? Why are you afraid? Have you eaten the fruit that I said you should not eat? He went into hiding because he was afraid. Why was he afraid? Because he believed wrong about God. Yet, God was looking for him. God's attitude towards him had not changed. But his attitude towards God has changed. Why are you afraid of God? Because you believe he's not good. You believe he's going to hurt you. And God is looking for him. But he's hiding. He was afraid that God is going to hurt him. That's why he's running away. Because he believed that God is not good. He believed something evil is going to come from God to hurt hurt him. And he's hiding. Say, because I was afraid. Why are you afraid? God doesn't want to hurt you. But, you see, what he believed about God did not change the nature of God. I want you to pay attention. His belief about God did not change the nature of God. He changed his own nature. Because what I believe about God cannot change God. God cannot change. God remained absolutely good. God remained infinitely good. But Adam now believed an error and he's acting according to his fear. So God continued to be good. But there's a problem now. His goodness cannot really help Adam much because Adam believed wrongly. So now, Adam's experience, please hear this, Adam's experience of God's goodness got limited and got short-circuited. This is the reason why he lost the garden. Because remember the garden was made by God as a demonstration of his fatherly care for Adam. The garden was God's idea of the kind of life that he wanted Adam to live. Please, if you want to understand God's plan for you, how he wanted you to live, go and study the garden. That's the, the picture God had in mind for your opulence, for your, for your existence on the earth. The garden was so beautiful. It's not my subject this morning. But the garden was so beautiful, everything responded to Adam in the garden. Everything. Gold, silver, everything responded to him. All of that got limited and got persecuted and removed from him because his picture of God changed. Wow. Wow. What a word. The picture Adam had in his mind was of a good God. The garden he had was infinite. When the picture changed of a God who is not so good, he was kicked out of the garden. (laughs) So when we look at the garden of Eden and see how much opulence was there, how much wealth, how much abundance, how much peace, how much uh, uh, beauty that we see in the garden, that was the expression of God's goodness. I want you to see this. What Adam believed about God in his heart was what was manifesting in his world. So, because he knew that God was infinitely good, 
He had infinite goodness in his environment. Can I tell you now that God is restoring infinite goodness in our lives? Hallelujah. This is the mandate that God has given to us. This is our assignment to preach this message about the goodness of God and help the church and help the body of Christ see how infinitely good God is. Because the moment the picture we have of God is changed, and we can, that picture we have of God on our inside is changed, and we see God as infinitely good, we see God the way He is as we see Him in the face of Jesus, our world will begin to show that goodness. My prayer for myself, my prayer for you, is that we will have that revelation. As Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, where we started from tonight, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. What the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, in the true character of God, when that revelation dawns on you and you see the infinite nature of God's goodness inside of you, you are going to begin to see goodness. Show up in your finances. Show up in your relationship. Show up everywhere. The enemy does not want, what I'm saying now, the enemy does not want that truth to manifest. Because your greatest weapon against everything that Satan can ever throw up or throw out is an understanding of the the infinite goodness of God. That is your greatest battle axe. That is your greatest battle axe. Your greatest weapon against the enemy. It's just to know the goodness of God. And the more you, you come into that clarity, hallelujah, the more you come into that clarity, the more you are equipped to, to manifest it. The, the more you can back the enemy to a corner, hallelujah, back him to a corner and change everything that Satan had done. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Can I say to you, for this purpose also, has God called you and called me that we might manifest his goodness so that we can destroy everything Satan had done around us. All the places where enemy has put his hands and created havoc, God wants us to be the agents to undo it. But that, that can only happen when our picture of God begins to change from a not, good, not so good God to an infinitely good God. Let, let it be your prayer tonight. Lord, grant me that revelation of your goodness. Let this prayer that Apostle Paul prayed, that let it be your prayer daily. That, that, the, that the Lord, the Father of glory, the Father of goodness, will give to me, will give to you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I pray that prayer for you today, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that, that, that revelation will dawn in your heart to see the infinite goodness of God as manifested in the life of Jesus. Lord, we pray tonight for all our hearers that we will progressively come into a, 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 an understanding of, of your goodness by revelation. That this infinite goodness of God 
that that revelation will pour out. Spirit of God, pour out revelation upon everyone who's listening tonight. Pour out revelation. Lord, we yearn for it. We yearn for that revelation. I yearn for it. Lord, I pray for my hearers that they yearn for revelation of your goodness, that our heart, the eyes of our understanding will see how infinitely good you are. Lord, for the rest of this week, we pray, pour out this revelation on us that we will catch it, we will get it, and we will begin to showcase your goodness in every department, in every area of our lives. Thank you, Father, for answering us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to pray for somebody tonight. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You don't know him, but this is your opportunity to know him. I, I want to pray for you tonight. If, if you haven't come into a relationship with, with the Father through his son, Jesus, this is your opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. And, and maybe the word that I preach tonight you know, you, you, you want to know more about the infinite goodness of God. You want to see God's goodness in your health. You want to see it in your marriage, in your relationship, everywhere. You want to see it. But it starts with coming to know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. So I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. I thank you for loving me. Today, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your acceptance. I receive the peace that you extend to me. The reconciliation that you extend to me. I receive. I, 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 I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. I yield my heart to you. Take my heart. Make it yours. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Lord heard you. The Lord is reaching out to you. God bless you. Good night. We'll continue tomorrow for another edition. We're going tomorrow to episode number 91. Uh, another edition of the, our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. God bless you. See you tomorrow. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.